We got new boots and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. Well, I have a good reason too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots. Huge. On the line dancing floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm -hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. You will drive it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is Drew Barrymore discovering a window behind a wall of her apartment. I knew there was a window here. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew there was a window. She knew there was a window. She knew. <laughs> she knew it. Can you imagine like Drew Barrymore going to just any location and being like, I know there's a window in there. You know what I mean? Like, I just like that is just like a description of her themmy optimism where she's just like looking around being like, there's definitely a window in this wall. You know what I mean? It's a discovery plus concept. That's all you yeah. need. <laughs> she's like the property brothers, but insane. Like she comes to your house and she breaks down all your walls and she's like, there's got to be a window in here somewhere. She's a dowsing rod. No, she's a drusing rod. Drusing. Ah! <laughs> What's funny is. If that's her in New York City apartment, which I am like, it probably is. I mean, what, where else would yeah. she have an apartment? She works in the city. She shoots it here, yeah. Exactly. What's funny is that window, I mean, we have no proof, but probably opens up into one of the most disgusting <laughs> scenes known to man, you know? Like, the window's closed up maybe for a reason, girly. Behind there's like an alley filled with like feral cats and cats like and garbage. And garbage and like, and smells. Yeah. A cat looks up and is like, I knew there was a Drew in there. I knew there was a Drew in there. Oh. It's like, you know, whoever lived there before and paid, you know, $10,000 a month. Like, and they had that window covered up for a reason, honey. Did you see my favorite coverage of this? Because this is a week old, but it started resurfacing this week. It was Newsy to Architectural Digest who wrote about it on June 23rd with the headline, okay. Drew Barrymore has moved to tears during kitchen demolition. Here's why. That is a masterful headline 
reveal trick right there. But I guess they do a lot of that if they're architectural digest. Quote, so the people who own this apartment before me covered up a window with drywall, she explains. I don't know why. And I was like, mm. I know there's a window. And guess what? There's a window. We're about to reveal it. Indeed, inside the small hole in the drywall behind some insulation is a fully functioning glass-paned window that Barrymore is able to push open. Quote, I knew there was a window here. <laughs> Does she not know that like anything can be a window? Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's uh, if you dream it, you know, it, it can be a window. It's not like rocket science to be pretty sure that there's a window there. She says that the previous owners told her there was a window there. And also, if you see the building from the outside, it's probably like, wait, why is there a window on the outside that there's not on the inside? There must be a window there. This wasn't a sixth sense. But would you be surprised if she had one for this purpose? No, 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 not at all. The woman released an entire book about rocks that are shaped like hearts. <laughs> she, you know, she really does have skill, okay? You are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with a few comments. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm here to give the XFL perspective from the boyfriend perspective. The XFL is not important. It has a very weird history. About 20 years ago, Vince McMahon, the world wrestling guy, created the XFL to try to be a football league that was more entertaining than traditional football with, like, cameras flying around the field and in-game interviews with players and players putting nicknames on the jerseys and stuff. It lasted one year. Um, after that, 20 years later, they recreated the XFL. This time, Vince McMahon, having become an elderly reactionary, the idea was that uh, the NFL is full of all these political and Black Lives Matter people, and maybe people will want to watch our football league if it doesn't have anything controversial in it, and it's just boring football people playing boring football. That's what people want. People think the NFL is too woke. And uh, it also didn't really get a chance to flop because of COVID-19. Uh, and then it was purchased by The Rock, and now it's going to come back again. And there's still really no reason why anyone would care about it except that, you know, normally football is played in the fall and winter, and that's just like all of the other, you know, uh, minor football leagues that spring up is played in the spring. So there are a few years, some uh, TV network convinces itself that people are going to want to watch players they've never heard of playing for teams that have no fans in spring because it's like, football in the spring there's no football in the spring so some football will be better than no football so we're gonna broadcast it on abc or nbc or something and it lasts one or maximum two years and then it flops so that's what's going to happen now to the xfl for the third time unless the rock makes it interesting somehow but nobody has ever successfully made one of these minor football leagues interesting so you can forget about it again crunch crunch wow Here's how I can tell a boyfriend's calling. I just zoned out like after like a minute one of that one. This is exactly what I asked for. And I'm glad that this person called in and I respect it. But I feel like I'm at a wedding seated at a table next to someone I've never met before. And I'm just like nodding. <laughs> I'm like nodding at a circular table eating like oh my God, very room temperature so right. rice pilaf. You're at, you're at your like high school reunion. And it's like one of your girlfriend's husbands, new husbands uh -huh. or whatever that you haven't met yet. And yeah. you're like... He's like, so you have a podcast, eh? And I'm like, you're just, you just. And I'm like, I really don't want to talk about that. Like, what are you into? Like, I heard you mention XFL earlier. What's the deal with that? 
You'll live to regret that suggestion. <laughs> no, thank you very much for that. <sighs> Sorry, I just yawned because we're, we're still talking about it. The real question is, and what, what I heard as I woke up from my coma that I went into briefly was, can The Rock make the XFL interesting? And I, I do think that if anyone has a shot at creating some sort of interesting whatever it is it is the rock like people do kind of invest a lot in him and i think he has a lot of goodwill to like start something like people would trust that like something the rock is involved with is good or fun and that's the and the question is can it be this will it be this it returns in february 2023 watch this space actually no watch any space other than this one for xfl news (laughs) (laughs) any space any space other than this one next call Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, long time, long time. Um, This is just, like, supplementary information for, like, why Shaquille O'Neal is probably not in the news cycles, really, at least in the last couple of years. Um, I listen to, like, a lot of dubstep and bass, and he is huge, like, so big in that world, slash just, like, general EDM world right now. Um, obviously he gets like pretty good billing because of who he is, but I've seen him a few times. Um, I in fact got a black eye in a mosh pit at one of his sets, um, but the people really love him and he gets a lot of like credit for being like about the underdogs and the undercard kind of like underground artists. Um, and he, like, tweeted one time, like, I don't care if you have 30,000 or 3 million followers, like, send me your songs if I like it, I play it. So I feel like, because I'm so in the weeds of, like, EDM Twitter, like, I'm constantly hearing about him, but I understand why the, like, general public who has no idea what I'm talking about wouldn't know. But just thought that that was, like, you know, a good tidbit of information um, to pass on. But, yeah, anyways, um, women don't belong in balloons. Bye. <laughs> I, I barely remember when we talked about Shaq, but I did not know that he was this popular in the dubstep and EDM space. I knew he was a DJ. Shaq is like really good at like finding his way into like other types of like subcultures. This is amazing. Like, that are not what he's known for, which is basketball. And I think because he's such a like formidable and like a recognizable figure. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's like, what, seven feet tall? He's Shaq. Like, he's like a star. You know what I mean? Like, he's a pop culture star, right, in a way. I feel like he could do anything and do, and DJing is almost the do anything of careers. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand that there are some DJs that are way better than others, but if you're famous, you could at least attempt to be a DJ. Like, there is a a way around it, uh, the skill level, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, for DJs that are talented. Who are the themiest celebrity DJs? It's like Paris, Paris Hilton, Polly D, Shaq. <laughs> like, like who else is there? John Goslin. Like who? But I feel like a else? lot of celebs like do DJ drop-ins in a way that. Oh, is Idris like... Elba is is kind of prolific right. in the DJ like touring world. Okay. Right. Right. And now some of them are like making music, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Whatever that, you know, kind of means. Yeah. I'm on a website, edmtrain.com. <laughs> oh, and, uh, choo-choo. Shaq, a.k.a. DJ Diesel, he's touring. And he's touring left and right this summer and fall. Like he has so many dates all over the country. Well, I mean, all over the country. Las Vegas. Right. <laughs> if someone like Shaq appears to be missing from culture, you're just not looking hard enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of my take on this stuff. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. Long time, long time. 
Um, I just had a pause episode when you guys are talking about Julian Huff at Dumbo House, and someone overheard um, and submitted it to OK Magazine. Um, I was <laughs> sitting with my friend who works for OK Magazine, and we were at Dumbo House, and Julian Huff and some dude were right behind us. And we heard the whole thing. So it's very possible that my friend is the one that um, got the headline. But so funny. I had no idea. Um, yeah. Julianne Huffman. Um, okay. Uh, crunch, crunch. Love you guys. Okay. This is very like Mr. Policeman. I gave you all the clues. <laughs> like if it wasn't your friend, then who would it have been? How many OK Magazine staffers are at Dumbo House at the same time as Julianne Huff? You know? Also, ask your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you called us before you called your friend. More like, it is interesting because I think the article doesn't even say OK Magazine source. It just says a source told. Like, it almost is like, you're the source, babe. You know? I, ha- I have the story opened up again. No dumb blonde, Julianne Huff overheard complaining about lack of brainy romantic suitors. And it says, according to Radar... Okay, so this says it was according to Radar, and an insider told Radar. Okay. And then Okay aggregated the story at Radar. Even though your friend works at Okay and heard it. Yes, but also I think Radar and Okay are owned by the same people. So did you All did they just go laterally to release the news to yeah, another they... outlet, and then they aggregated <laughs> that to like make it a little more on the up and up? Which is actually funny because Radar is totally one of the places that would have it's like sleazier. a lesser. Yeah. And then OK is like, we're sourcing it. <laughs> Wait, Radar Magazine is owned. They're all American media, right? Yeah. Every tablet is owned by American media except for People Magazine. But like every, I just feel like if it's not your friend, like how many times did Julian Huff talk about this, this topic? Like how many times who could else could have heard this? Was she screaming? <sighs> Seems like if you heard it, it's you. <laughs> yeah, it's you. So this is how it sounds like it happened. An OK Magazine staffer heard Julianne Huff complain about the lack of brainy suitors, told their colleague at Radar, then Radar published the story, then OK aggregated the story and was like, an insider told Radar, even though that the person worked with them okay. at OK. Yeah. That's, sounds OK to me. <laughs> sounds more than OK. 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 And that's how the sausage is made. <laughs> Okay. Thrilling. I And I kept thinking throughout this call, like, they're going to say, don't play it, don't play it. But they never say, don't play it. So we played it. We need more juicy play it. You know, we got a lot of juicy don't play it. Come on. Next call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. First time, shortish, medium time. Um, I'm sitting at the airport right now and just finished reading the Vogue wedding article about Alexandra Daddario. And <laughs> Also texting my friend with laughter at the same time um, because it is the most ridiculous Vogue wedding article I've ever read. Uh, she goes through all of her photos from the wedding and describes them um, literally as if she was a stranger to the wedding. Um, one is just putting on my earrings. Um, or for her first kiss photo, it says, our first kiss. Not ever, though. Um, and I just can't help myself from cringing and laughing so much. So I just wanted to hear more about um, Alexander Dario and who this new husband is and um, the real question of whether she's just boring or incredibly stupid. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Alexandra Dario just married Jordana Brewster's ex-husband, whom she divorced like 
maybe less than two years ago. So it's just been a big day for discoveries for me. Okay, crunch, crunch. Good Alexander form, Alexander Daddario. I hate myself. I'm so sorry. This is so dumb. Bye. Hi, I just called and said, uh, good Alexander form, Alexander Daddario. Uh, and in the most who weekly twist imaginable, his name is Andrew form. So good Andrew form, uh, Bella. Alexandra, uh, Dario. Uh. Who? Who? We can't possibly talk about this. Next call. Hi, Who Weekly, Crunch Crunch. So, Jenna Ortega, seen her around a little bit. Is she a up-and-coming who? She's been on a couple Netflix things. I know she's got a Disney pass, but yeah. Okay, thanks. I feel like last night I got, you know, the, the, not the wrath, the like schooling of, <laughs> I didn't realize that this Jenna Ortega was such an up and coming it girly on the radar of everyone who knows what's up until Bobby and Timmy double teamed me with like <laughs> a slew of evidence that kind of was like, she's the girl. And I'm like, you have to share. Well, mostly I was just like, Lindsay, you liked her. We saw X together and you were like, that was a bad movie, but that one girly was good. And the girly you complimented was Jenna Ortega. Well, because at first I thought she was the girly from Scream who sucked, but it turns out that was not her. That was a different girly. It was her older sister in Scream sucks. That girl in Scream, and let's not even say her name, you can figure it out yourself, was like uh, awful, you know? And Jenna was like, fine. I mean, I would say, uh, fine. And in the next, she was good. But you're telling me she's on a upward trajectory and has been for the past like year or so and everyone's taking note one of her breakouts after disney and stuff like actual child star stuff where she was in um shows that kind of mean nothing to me she played young jane the virgin and jane the virgin uh-huh i think you means a lot so i think you sort of put her on the adult map as a transitional show and then the up and coming thing that I think is more powerful than like leading the Scream reboot and leading the next Scream sequel is that she's going to be Wednesday in the Tim Burton Wednesday show on Netflix, which another Netflix thing, whatever, but she's leading a show from like that's, one of the most well-liked characters. Deal. Yeah. Well, she's also like redefining this like very iconic character in terms of the way that the character looks. Like I do feel like it is one of those things where whatever the show is, it's almost like more important that everybody knows what Wednesday from Adam's family looks like. Mm -hmm. And that the idea that she's like this teen who hasn't received her own like teen reboot is like obviously, a, you know, was going to be mined for content eventually. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like Christina Ricci was the last like Wednesday that had an effect on culture. Yeah. And she had like a pretty pronounced effect on culture. Like yes. Christina Ricci as Wednesday is legitimately iconic just in the same way that i think Raul julia and angelica houston are legitimately iconic in the adams family movie but that was how long ago now so like we you know there enough time has Man, passed 30 where, years right so like it is one of those things where we're not waiting like a year to do the reboot it's like one of those things where there it, it is it would be reasonable to reboot and do it in the style of the way that things are done now which was very different than they were back then yes right? and i was looking at this cast list i remember when this cast list was announced and i was kind of gagged and then totally forgot because christina ricci <laughs> is in it we don't oh. know who she plays but she's oh. in it 
And uh-huh. Wednesday and Morticia and Gomez Adams are played by Luis Guzman. Of course, iconic Burlington, Vermont resident. Yeah. Casa Zeta Jones herself, Catherine Zeta Jones oh. is Morticia. Completely you did forgot gag. that. I did gag. I gagged. And Thora I Birch is in it too. Much Bring back the night. They're in it. Yeah. No, yeah. I you want you wonder what the the setup is gonna be. It's Tim Burton adjacent, but it's a Netflix series, so it could have kind of like more of a different spin on the way that it's told. It certainly won't be like Adam's Family Values. I think they're not in it much because it the, the synopsis says it's about her going to some like boarding school. She's at an academy. So Okay. Well, we know that to be a classic Adam's Family Values plot line. Mm-hmm. That camp is the best part of that it's movie. It's the best part of the sequel. <laughs> what a movie. It is funny that Jenna Ortega was in Scream, which is kind of like a sanitized horror movie, and then and then somehow also in X, which came out of not much later, which is like kind of the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. And now she's doing Adam's Family Values things, which is like she's kind of staying in the spooky, scary realm. Mm-hmm. She has that Christina Ricci kind of vibe, and Christina Ricci kind of stayed in spooky, scary realm for a little bit, too. She was always, even if she wasn't spooky, scary explicitly like she is in the Adams family she was always like the dark girl the brooding girl uh-huh, the like sad uh-huh. girl you know you're saying Jenna Ortega gives good brooding as well yes she gives I mean, great she did, brooding she did play kind of in both almost the final girl you know yeah. like that final girl vibe yeah mm-hmm. oh she was also in the babysitter killer queen yeah killer queen movie. well the babysitter yeah. sequel so I just it's interesting to me that she's like the things of hers that we're mentioning are all spooky scary. scary. Yeah, even you're right. you, even the babysitter, all these things. It's like interesting that she's and she's also in this movie that I don't even know if it came out yet. The Fallout, which is about a school shooting. I'm like, stay away from me. But, you know, whatever. It definitely came out, but I will definitely never watch it. Right. Also, in a way, spooky scary. Yes. You know? Yes. Brooding. In its own way. Brooding. 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 Yes. When you look up things to know about Jenna Ortega, the greatest thing to know about Jenna Ortega that you will see is this bullet point, which is aggregated from an interview with Collider, but I'm just going to read it as it was written in Cinema Blend. Dakota Fanning in Man on Fire inspired Jenna Ortega (laughs) to act. Every performer remembers the moment they were convinced to pursue a career in show business. And for Jenna Ortega, that moment was when she saw director Tony Scott's 2004 revenge thriller, Man on Fire, at the totally appropriate age of six. Who who sees Man on Fire at six years old? But doesn't that define Jenna Ortega's entire vibe? It's like, that's the vibe of of a girly who saw Man on Fire at six. (laughs) Like, how old was I in 2004? I don't even think I saw it at whatever age I was at, which certainly was older than... could have bought your own ticket. <laughs> Jenna Ortega would have had to go with you to I was Man like babysitting <laughs> Jenna Ortega and took her to Man on Fire. And her mom was like, why would you do that? And I was like, I don't know, but it's clearly inspired her to be an actress. She goes, in a 2021 interview with Collider, the actress recalled how she was touched by then 10-year-old Dakota Fanning's performance as Lupita Ramos, the young girl Denzel Washington's former what? CIA, <laughs> John W. Creasy, is hired to protect and decided that she wanted to be the Puerto Rican version of her. Okay. (laughs) Dakota Fanning is like, you did what? (laughs) (laughs) We Man on Fire, I don't even remember. What was that one? Did you see that in theaters? That's the one where she get. oh, I never saw that in theaters. I saw that at like, that that was a red box moment for me for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I rented that. Mm -hmm. That's the, she's kidnapped and Denzel has has to get her. So Jenna Ortega saw this movie when she was six years old or whatever and was like, wow, Dakota Fanning. Panning is my is my dream. I want to do what she's doing. Yes. Of all movies. Okay. All right. And Dakota Fanning's whole thing, especially as like a child actor, was like, 
I may be a little kid, but I've got spunk, you know, like I've got attitude. Right. It was very, it was very like mature for my age, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still right. a badass. And then, you know, she did become Jenna Ortega. This is a good transition to this, was a Disney person for a little while. Mm-hmm. She was a Harley Diaz on the Disney Channel series Stuck in the Middle. So she is kind of in that realm, a.k.a. she's friends with Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> right. And so she has, like, crossover with that. But I do think that she's kind of trying to forge her own path outside of that realm. I don't think she wants to be the have any sort of Disney kind of attachment. No. People aren't talking about her as such. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't have that Selena Gomez stain, which is, like, people always mention Disney with Selena Gomez, even right. though she's so far from Disney at this point. Mm-hmm. Did you see her her TikTok of her, like, like air quotes in the, heavy, the studio. In the studio. <laughs> I can't wait. I love her music. Selena Gomez in the scene. They made uh, one really good album. You know. They they made like two really good albums. Mm-hmm. Well then she well she dumped the scene and then yeah. she had her own you know her yeah. own hit. Okay. So wait. The last thing to know about Jenna Ortega is that she is a hyaluronic <laughs> acid queen. Yeah, she is. In her things, Jenna Ortega can't live without thing in The Strategist in New York Magazine, she said that she could not live without hyaluronic acid. From Neutrogena, but the reason she said that is because she's being paid by Neutrogena. She is a uh, global ambassador. Well, I have to say the way that she works her like spawn into this list is so impressive. She says, in Wednesday, my character doesn't wear a lot of makeup, but there's a lot of physical stunts that use fake dirt and blood. It's heavy on my face and I was breaking out more. I have a pretty simple routine, face wash and moisturizer, but I felt like I need to protect my skin and add a layer between myself and the makeup. That's where the serum comes in. Editor's note, Ortega is a global ambassador for Neutrogena. <laughs> I started using it every morning and night, and it really helps. I have combination skin. It's really cold here. My skin gets dry. This gives my skin a nice balance. It doesn't leave me too oily or too dry. It's a nice additional step contributing to taking better care of my skin and help when I'm filming. It's like, I love that New York Magazine was like, just FYI, even though this entire feature makes us money, she is also making money by saying that she uses this serum. I love that Neutrogena, like when you start getting paid by Neutrogena, you can no longer say, I have a pretty simple routine. It's like, they're like, no, you do not. No, you do not have a simple routine. But I think that they do. No, I think that Neutrogena wants to be considered to be part of a simple routine. Like they don't, their whole thing is like anti 17 step, like, you know, get ready with me vibes they're like you're a gr- you're a girl on the run like grab your serum and like get get on the go you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm a character from adam's family who doesn't wear a lot of makeup you know what i mean they love <laughs> they want to be wednesday adams like you know serum of choice as yeah. if wednesday adams would wear a serum you know yeah yeah she might i don't know maybe this new version of wednesday adams is like you know a vlogger or whatever kill me <laughs> She also loves uh, Tapatio hot sauce, Sony headphones, which I found kind of interesting because she says, I have these on me at all times. And there's a photo of her with Olivia Rodrigo that's in our dock where she is literally wearing these. So she's not a liar. Jenna Ortega, not a liar. Hi, uh, I was just reading that Ty Dolla Sign uh, took his girlfriend, Zalia, out for her 30th birthday on page six. And it sounded really fun, but... I was reading it, and uh, I don't know who Zalia is, and she's got a monominous name. Like, I'm supposed to know who she is, but I don't. Uh, do you know who she is? Uh, crunch, crunch. Also, it's Ty Dolla Sign of Who Are Them. 
Caller, what version of the internet are you on where you just saw this story from literally June 2020? <laughs> I'm like jealous of like whatever. <laughs> I know whatever's going on doing. with you. Whatever's going on with you, I like need that version of the internet that's so far behind all the other two years of bad news that you're just like, hey, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> I'm still stuck on this nice date they had two years ago. Seems like they had a good time. Well, they, they are still together, Ty Dolla Sign and this girlfriend, Zalia, who is simply a model as far as I can tell. Or maybe not even a model. At one point was a model. Now really all she does is take beautiful photos and videos on Instagram and like pose with her boyfriend, which is totally fine. That's enough. But she is mononymous. I can't find her last name anywhere. She still tweets. She still Instagrams. But I cannot figure out who this woman is. They are still together. But her birthday this year, it's in June every year. Her birthday this year was at the Nice Guy, not Sugar Factory. Interesting, which is funny because he took her to like the two places that people <laughs> take, you know. Yeah. In August of 2020, in com, they wrote about her being roasted for her cooking skills. Because Ty posted a photo on Twitter that said, my babe made this just now. And it's like plates of, uh, like, uh, one of them is a plate, a paper plate of what looks like a kind of avocado, really chunky avocado salad with avocado and tomato. And then a half a hard-boiled egg. And then there's a sharing platter filled with more hard-boiled egg, caprese sandwiches, and like chunks of meat and cheese, but none of it is appetizing. And there's so many hard-boiled eggs. It's like, oh, I mean, I understand protein is important, but what is going on here? <laughs> They're jammy eggs, though. People are clowning her, but that's a perfect jammy egg, I have to say. I do think that Ty Dolla Sign is a them, but this woman, Zalia or Zalia, I don't even know because there's like not no name, anything about her. She's a who, even though she is mononymous. But maybe she's mononymous because we just like simply don't know her last name. I get rich vibes from her. I think she's a random rich woman. Like if you scroll really? through her Instagram all the way to the end, it's like she's constantly talking about brands. Like there's there's something that I think predates Ty Dolla Sign where she's just like complaining about like the YSL collections. And it's like, I think she's just like a rich girly who lives in LA, has a lot of friends mm-hmm. and is just like mm-hmm. cool. There are years and years and years of, of, of social media yeah, where yeah, she yeah, is I'm not, where she's not promoting anything. I think it stands to reason that if you are on Instagram this often, like just showing off, uh-huh. you eventually want to parlay that into some sort of business, and she doesn't appear to need that. <laughs> it's kind of she went right from random woman to socialite, like yeah. without to yeah. Ty Dolla Sign's girlfriend after he split up with uh, uh, Lauren Haregi. What's kind of crazy is that one of Ty Dolla Sign's biggest songs to this day remains "Work From Home." Put in work like my time she she ride it like a '63. I'ma buy a new Celine. But I think Ty Dolla Sign is a them. I think so too. This woman, I almost want to call her a nah, but she's been with him for so long at this point that I'm willing to call her a who. This food really lo- looks disgusting. The controversy over the food from a couple years ago, her like it's many, funny. many hard-boiled eggs, I think was enough to make her a who. That's just how it works, you know? It is, but it also makes me realize that he's a them because like there was so much chatter about his food. Like mm-hmm. you can't just you can't just post food on Twitter like that and expect not to get like roasted and, you know. My babe made this just now. 
I will say this is a very protein heavy, you know, snack we're looking at here, I think, which, you know. It's protein coming out the wazoo. It's so much protein. What's the green mush? I think it's cubed avocado with cucumber and tomato. I think it's like a a really. It's a salad. I think it's a really disgusting looking avocado salad. Okay. Okay. This is such a like, I'd be so mad if I made my boyfriend like some, you know, protein, just healthy. We're just casual or whatever. We're eating on paper plates. We're eating outside, whatever. And he's like, takes a picture and is like, babe made this. And I'm like, no, like, no, (laughs) that's a snack. (laughs) The thing about it, though, it's cute. It's because it's so candid. Like, this is not Instagram food. This is like, babe, I made you something. And he was like, he looked at this and was like, all of my favorite things. (laughs) He said, my babe knows I love jammy eggs cut in half and like weird chunked chicken and like an awful looking salad. You know what I mean? (laughs) My babe knows I love this. They're still together after this. That says a lot. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll just photo be a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you got to be a little careful with that, but you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. (laughs) Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, Might? You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a, this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's, everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because... 
it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, the most random couple reveal, which I'm sure you've heard about already. Chris Allen and the game. Like, what? I need to know the several scenarios that you guys imagine they had met during. And I don't know. I kind of think they look hot together. I might be the only one, though. Crunch, crunch. This has already been debunked. (laughs) Yes. Well, the week of debunked things. Uh, Hot people do look hot together, but they are not dating. They're just buds. They, I don't think they look like weird together. I feel like they look like they could be a dating couple, but I just think like that it's like, how did they meet? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's maybe the question, but also kind of like they're both kind of random, like C-list people, don't you think? They're both who's. And I the game is a who and Krista B. Allen is barely a who. She's almost a nah, you know, at this point. She's famous on TikTok for being famous by playing Uh, young Jennifer Garner in two different films. She has successfully turned the obsession people have with her nostalgically into an actual, like, elongating of her career, you know? But I think it just shows how, like, people are so obsessed with that character or from with the movie 13 going on 30. I didn't realize that that was such a cultural, like, staple, but it seems to be... It's almost like... that movie itself has to be so important for the girl who doesn't even play the main character. She plays the young version of the main character, who is Jennifer Garner. Yes. Essentially, the, act, the main the main actress in this film. She plays the younger version of her in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's like simply, I mean, she's been in other stuff. She was also in Revenge, that TV show. Mm-hmm. But like, this is what she works with on TikTok is like, Dressing like her old character and like talking about the movie and like making jokes about Mark Ruffalo or whatever, you yeah. know? And then the rest of it is just that like normal TikTok, like situational, observational humor comedy that's like right. so irritating but works on the <laughs> format. Like she does what needs to be done on the format to become popular on the format and now she is popular on the format. So like who am I to get mad at it? Right. So it's almost like she doesn't even need to do the 13 going on 30 thing anymore because now she's kind of made her own like fandom within this world as being a personality or whatever but of course when she participates in a meme on tiktok in which she ends up at the like the punchline of the tiktok making out or just kissing the game despite being like a tiktok star she's not called a tiktok star in the headlines about this she's called 13 going on 30 star krista b allen you know like she will never outlive that and i think that she probably enjoys that you know, that helps her I mean, cause. that's kind of the thing. Yeah, he literally kissed, they, I mean, I, uh, and she's making a joke like she just broke up with someone, so she's like out on the town, mm-hmm. you know, essentially like giving a little kiss to the game. Mm-hmm. So, and he basically immediately responded with like, I'm dating someone. Like, yeah. no, this is not true. Well, people reached out to him and they were like, hey, are you dating Krista B. Allen, star of 13 going on 30? And what's the other one where she played Jennifer Garner's, young Jennifer Ghost Garner? Of, Ghosts, Ghosts of, of Girlfriends, girlfriends 
passed. And he said, no, we're just friends. He said, quote, Krista and I have mutual friends. She attended my 4th of July party and I hopped on her TikTok. She's a beautiful woman, but we're not dating. And then he explained to people that he is dating someone else, but it's not this woman. And I could not figure out who this other woman is. Because again, the game is a who. And he's not really out there showing off his dating life. So we don't know who this other person is. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I'm calling because I am thinking a lot about Addison Ray's relationship with the Kardashian family and how, when it was convenient for them, you know, they decided that she was Courtney's best friend, that she would attend, like, all these family events, and she would be on the show. And then maybe it was when, like, Courtney started dating Travis. She was like, you know, like, I kind of get a lot more clout from being, like, overtly sexual on red carpets and, like, being besties with Megan Fox, etc. And then I feel like her relationship, like, Courtney's friendship with Addison kind of just, like, it went to the back burner if it still exists at all. Like, I haven't heard a mumbling about them. So I'm calling to see if Courtney and Addison's friendship is a who now. And also, is Addison a who? Like, I feel like she was a them for so long. Maybe I'm projecting, but I, I think we might be we might be past that point and we're we're in the clear now. Anyway, love you all. Good form, Bella Thorne. Crunch crunch. We The pandemic has really fucked with our perception of time and space and celebrity because this caller just said Addison Array was a them for so long. How long? No, she was not a them for so long. I don't even think she's a them at all or ever was. I don't think she was ever a them. I think that people wanted her to be a them pretty badly. That's how she got that Jimmy Fallon gig. I know. She got that Netflix deal. I think you're mistaking like the industry's push for the actual themdom. It is exactly the Emma Ratajkow- Emily Ratajkowski push in 2011. When they put her in everything and they were like, if we just saturate the market with this person, people will just be gaslit into thinking that she is a them. Well, I think Addison, they were like, she's so beautiful. How could we not? How could this not click? Mm -hmm. How could it not? And we're going to put her here. We're going to give her music. We're going to give her her movies. We're going to figure this out. We're going to put her there. We're going to get her hanging out with Kourtney Kardashian or whatever, Mm -hmm. which is such a fucking sorry. Like that was such a plant. I could open up, like, I could have come home from the grocery store and opened up my apartment door and Addison Ray could have been, like, sitting at my dining room table. I would have just been like, give it up. <laughs> you're a who still. Get out of here. Enough. I still don't know who you are and you're sitting in my house. You can't just do this. <laughs> They're going to send Addison Ray on, like, a door knocking campaign like like some politicians do. Like, just, you're going to, she's going to knock on your door and you're going to open up. She's going to go, take a good look at me and then just walk away. <laughs> I have to do deep canvassing training, but I really just need to tell everyone about Addison Ray. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Timmy's still waiting for her debut album in a way that I think is bartering. I think it's bordering on parody now. <laughs> All of the Addistans are waiting for Addison Ray's album that has been apparently about to come out for a long time. She responded to an uh, Addison Ray fan account saying Addison's album coming to be album of the year. She responded to it, the, the lost, lost album. album. I don't emoji. think it's coming out. And someone goes, petition for Addison Ray to find her debut album. And she, and she quote tweeted and said, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking. So wait, because wasn't, wasn't there a leaked song from her that never actually got released? Yeah, it was. I don't think it ever came out. That was the song, I Got It Bad. Did it ever come out? No, it never came out. 
That's crazy. What's going on in Aspen? Like, what's going on in there? What's going on back there? In May 2021, she said it's coming, quote, super soon. <laughs> and it's now been over a year. I mean, I do, I do think it was a total plant. I mean, if you're, if you're asking about the Kourtney Kardashian thing, I think that was a plant to get no. her on the show, right? I mean, that's... We knew it at the time. We know it now. I don't think any. I don't think anything can convince me otherwise that it's like a. It was almost like a fake, uh, a beard relationship, but for friendship. You know, like one of those, a, a show showmance, but for friendship. I mean, Taylor Swift is the master of showmances, but for friendship. Arguably, Kourtney Kardashian. That was a good. It was a good bet on her because she her star rose, even though Addison's did not. Yeah. Well, Kourtney Kardashian was like had to keep appealing to like youth culture, you know, and that Which did help crazy. her out. She played. Which is insane. She ended up being in He's All That because of it. <laughs> oh yeah, huge win. I think that it was mutually beneficial, but I don't think that their relationship is real. And I think the proof is that she didn't go to the wedding. But I think. Wait. Here's my argument, though. At the time of the placement, they were they both needed the the push from the other side. Mm-hmm. But since Travis, I think Courtney Star is now too valuable for that. Like Addison is not giving the value that Courtney was giving that that she do. Like now yeah. it's uneven. Yeah. Now it's not a good trade anymore. Exactly. No, you're right. And also, it's not a good trade because Addison isn't like on the verge of releasing this new music that could also make Courtney like a little more interesting. Also. Addison is not known as being a singer. So again, like there's an uphill battle for her. But Courtney like created this whole windstorm of celebrity interest or just like public interest because of her wedding after their friendship Mm -hmm. and after the premiere of the new show. Yeah. And don't forget, Addison was on the old show, not the new show, the one on Hulu. She's not. She wasn't on the one. I mean, the one on E. The The one one on on E. Yeah. And again, I think the relationship is very like when you when you kind of remember that the reason that their friendship even existed is because of Courtney's kids being interested in TikTok. Like Addison isn't Courtney's friend, really. Addison is like a friend of Courtney's kids in a sense. I think the whole thing was set up and the excuse for why. Oh, why is she hanging out? Da, 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 was that was the excuse. But I don't think any of it was true. Uh-uh. I, I think yeah. it was all set up. Yeah. How and you're you be, right. Like, how can you be friends with either of those people? I mean that sincerely. Okay. Well, that's not. I mean, that's not helpful for this experiment. But yeah. Especially Kourtney Kardashian. That family does not let new people in. I don't care how much they want to convince you that they are. Like, even Travis is not a new person. Travis was their neighbor forever. They don't let newbies in. And when they do, it always implodes. I mean, it just feels like it was for the show. Yeah. Very yeah. easy. Very easy. Very simple. Next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby, long time, medium time. Um, so my boyfriend and some of our friends and I are big Love Island fans and also Tommy and Molly May fans. So because of that, we've like somewhat been following the Tommy Fury, Jake Paul, will they, won't they fight feud. And it looks like they're having the fight on August 6th in New York. So we were all like, well, we have to go. Mostly as a joke, but, like, would this actually be fun or would it be, like, absolutely awful? Because I feel like I really don't actually know a lot about this. Like, I don't know very much about Jake Paul. Like, I find him extremely annoying and, like, would assume most people do. But, like, does he actually have a lot of fight fans? Like, would everyone in the crowd be rooting for Tommy and against Jake Paul and, therefore, it would be, like, kind of a fun atmosphere or would it be like the other way around and like really miserable uh i don't know 
would you guys come to this? I want to make Team Molly Mesa's Crunch Crunch. I did, embarrassingly enough, look up tickets to this event and found that they were extremely expensive. And now, surprise, not only can I not attend because the tickets are too expensive, no one can attend because it got canceled for the second time because apparently Tommy Fury can't enter the country. (laughs) And there was some speculation it had to do with his brother, who's also a fighter guy, a wrestler, like an MMA guy, him being involved with the uh, with an accused Irish crime leader named Daniel Kinahan, although that's been, I know. So, uh, but it is weird because you and I both know that Molly May and Tommy Fury were just in the United States on vacation. They were just here because they're always here for vacation. They went to New right. York. They complained about the food. So I'm not sure what happened in between then when he was just here, you know, walking around New York City with Molly May and now where he's trying to come in for this fight. But apparently this is the second time the fight's been canceled. Of course, Jake Paul's like tweeting like, he's a pussy, come get me, you know, like whatever. But I really did. I was interested in maybe not attending, but then I learned it was going to be like on pay-per-view. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it on TV. Like I'll I'll find some friend of mine who loves fights on tv and i'll like watch it with him or whatever but it was canceled the art for this fight which is again between jake paul former youtuber turned it's so fighter, funny it's america versus UK. and america it's versus you take versus tommy fury everything behind jake paul is like the statue of liberty yeah. the manhattan yeah. bridge the <laughs> yeah. empire state building and yeah. everything behind tommy fury is big ben buckingham <laughs> palace and i don't even know what that is a railroad like high-speed railroad london bridge oh it's london bridge. bridge oh tower bridge <laughs> Oh, my God. And then Madison Square Garden prominent in the bottom. I do think that this is being set up to for fans to be pro Jake Paul in terms of like the types of people that would attend this fight. But he Jake Paul is still really a villain. So I'm not quite sure if I don't really follow fighting. Has he reverted into being like people's champ? I don't know. I truly don't know. I don't know. Like. He was a he was a heel in YouTube culture, but maybe he's not a heel, which is a term for a for a fighting a wrestling villain mm-hmm. in his MMA you got career. A wrestling terminology. Look at you. I'm sorry. Well, we le- I learned that I learned that from the freaking the Bella book. Twins in their book. I, we he recommend that book all the time. That's a good book. What's it called? <laughs> Impossibellas. It has some horrible pun. Unbreakabellas. What is it? <laughs> Uh, Bella Twins book. Wait, what is it? No, I'm serious. Oh, Incomparable. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You know what? So Hmm? there's a lot of like stuff that stresses me out about this where uh, Tommy's older brother and he's a boxing heavyweight champ too, Uh which is what I said. He was betting a million dollars on this fight. On Tommy? That would make me feel so bad. That's too much pressure. But like it's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. I have to read Tommy's statement in full because it's actually really funny. I'm gutted and disappointed in regards to the issues I have faced with entry into the USA. This is something that myself or my team could have never anticipated happening. The situation has been left with my lawyers as being denied entry to a country is obviously very serious and it needs to subsequently be resolved, which is so funny. Like, okay, whatever. I am confident this fight will happen when this issue gets resolved and we come to a solution. I want to clarify that I will fight in a neutral country that both parties can enter. This can be anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Anytime. Any place, anywhere. So he's basically like, let's go to Switzerland. And Jake Paul's like, I'm not leaving America, you bitch. Like, come to my country. Well, I think Jake Paul wants the deal that he made with Madison with Ma- Square Garden yes. or whatever. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, I'm not trying to, like, make a whole new thing. Like, where we can fight in this fight. Like, this is where I fight or whatever. Which, yeah. 
makes sense monetarily. But Tommy Fury is saying, like, I didn't back down from this fight. I am just like, cannot get into the United States. There's also a video, by the way, of this, of this too, if you want to play that. Mm -hmm. I'm here and set the record straight before anybody else tries to. Me and my team this morning arrived at Heathrow Airport, ready for the press conference, ready to fly out. And as soon as I entered the airport, I got pulled to one side and I was told by the Homeland Security officer that was there that my Esther had been denied and I wasn't able to travel to the USA for a reason that I apparently know. I can stand here and say I've done absolutely nothing wrong and I have no clue why I'm not allowed to travel to the USA. Um, like I said, I've been training for a fight this whole time, you know, and that's all I've been doing. I have no clue why they would not allow me to travel today um, and neither does any of my team or my lawyers. So now I'm having to go to the embassies and all this sort of stuff trying to resolve it. And I'm in the middle of training, guys. I don't know why this has happened today. It's a massive shock to me and my whole team. So obviously, it's a matter that needs to be resolved. It's government issues. You know, it's a lot bigger than the fight right now. And I'm just trying to get it sorted. But I just wanted to let you all know where it was at. I'm kind of like, if I didn't want to fight James Paul, I'd make a call and be like, hey, um, can you just not let me in? <laughs> Please. I, oh, man, you know what I'd do? I'd bring like a huge bottle of like sunscreen. I'd try and hide it in my luggage. Then I, they'd be like, you can't travel with this. And I'd be like, oh, no. Oh, no. I guess I'm I guess staying. I can't travel. <laughs> I guess I'm staying. I'm Team Tommy Fury. I hope he freaking knocks this guy to hell. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know how to say words. I hope he beats the shit out of him. Well, neither does he. The only reason I'm Tommy Fury, Team Tommy Fury, is by default. I just cannot be Team Jake Paul. Sure. But if you watched Love Island, you would also be Team Tommy Fury because he's very good on that show. And him and Molly May are like, you know, we love them. Let's play some quick calls. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, is Green Goddess dressing a who? I thought it was like a pretty known, like, demi dressing. Um, and I was talking to somebody and I mentioned it and they were like, had never heard of it. And they were like, what is that? So I tried to explain. It's like kind of like ranch, but not green. And I, I don't know. So, I mean, obviously it's not as demi as ranch, but is it a full-on who okay Leanne cuisine Bye. nothing is themier than ranch dressing but is green goddess a who are them i have some a controversial take on this i think uh, like i think a green goddess might be a them but is very hooey like kim kardashian or something you know what i mean can you explain what you mean because i think green goddess is a them like, people know about Green Goddess, and they are like, okay, but, like, what is it again? You know what I mean? Like, it's very... But what does she everyone do? Makes it, <laughs> everyone makes it, like, a different way. She kind of represents, like, health or whatever. Like, this is a healthy dressing, but, like, is it? And also, no one knows how to really make it. And also can be made, like, lots of different ways, mm -hmm. you know? Because it's just, like, a bunch of herbs. What you're saying is Green Goddess means different things to different people in the same way yes. Kim Kardashian means different things to different people. Yeah. Right. But when I see and I see Green Goddess dressing on a menu, I'm like, oh, mm. but I'm like, what is that? Yeah, I don't know what that. You know, sure. Yeah. But it means something to me. There's like there's a fake health within it, a fake glamour within it. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's not this familiar it could it, like green goddess could taste any way to me and i'd be like that's green goddess you know what i mean <laughs> well if it looks green and it's that yeah. consistency it's green goddess exactly you yeah. know what I mean? but what does it taste like herbs and fat like a bunch of herbs and mayonnaise you know okay. that's fine right mayonnaise isn't it is it made with mayonnaise see that's the thing is it made with mayonnaise oh it's gotta be no. right oil unless well there's I, definitely vegan green I goddesses don't know but one two three them, them. Green Goddess Dressing, it's a them. Hi, 
I, it's the 4th of July. I'm at a picnic with my best friend, who's another hooligan, and we were just having the discussion of, is Joey Chestnut a who or a them? I was saying, I think he might be a who. I think he's a them. He's obviously a food them, but yeah, obviously a a food competition eater (laughs) them, big time. I mean, he's the 15-year world champ, 100%, but on a bum leg. On a bum leg this year. Unbelievable. Disgusting. But if I just said, like, hey, have you seen Joey Chestnut? Like, would I think people would say that's the hot dog guy. But I don't know. I think I can you please help us settle this debate? Consent. Bye. I'm sorry. (laughs) Did you say he competed on a bum leg? Isn't he just eating a lot of hot dogs? Yeah. I mean, he was still walking around later on that day, but he competed on a bum leg, apparently. <laughs> Joey Chestnut regrets putting protester in chokehold. In a chokehold. <laughs> yeah. I wish that didn't happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that what happened this year? He, I didn't really pay attention to the to the thing this year. He was on a he was on crutches, like on his way into uh, the Coney Island like stage to eat like a million Nathan's hot dogs, and because he like broke his tendon or something. But you don't, as as you said, you don't really need to be standing. No, you don't. And what happened to Kobayashi? What happened to him? So, Takeru Kobayashi is no longer part of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. He's part because, of a different one. Because yeah, he think... had a dispute with Major League Eating. Yeah, he. this is a whole thing. There's a whole book on this. There's different leagues of competitive eating. And, like, certain guys own certain kind of rights to, like, the eating competition. But then there are other eating competitions that are, like, also held... But the main company kind of owns the rights to, like, the main Nathan's hot dog eating contest, which is the only one that people really pay attention to every year. Yeah. Do you know how many hot dogs he ate? 63, right? Yeah, 63. <laughs> <laughs> With a broken ankle? Wow. With a broken tendon. Joey Chestnut, who were them? One, two, three. Who? Who? I think that the Nathan's hot dog eating contest is a them itself, but none yes. of the winners are thems. If yes. they're all kind of who's, you know? Absolutely. 63. I don't know. I don't know where I put 63 hot dogs in my pantry, let alone in my body. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't have space in my fridge. You're tall. They could go all, you could fit them all around. Oh, when you think about how they have to smush the other organs out of the way to fit the hot dogs in. Ugh. Okay. You're, you, I just feel like you could eat a lot of hot dogs if you put your mind to it. Just not trying. I could probably eat in the high single digits, but I think once I approach 10, I'd be like, I, I got to stop. You want to also not think of them as food. You have to think of them as just like um, like stuffing. I, exactly. I'd want to. And I think it would ruin my enjoyment of hot dogs. I so rarely eat hot dogs that when I eat a hot dog, I'm like, this is so fucking great. I love every second You would be so worried about like sodium. You wouldn't be able to even enjoy. Okay. You need to stop uh, <laughs> reading me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly. A long time, long time. Um, I was just watching the Summer I Turn Pretty on Amazon, which is definitely made for teens, but is very great. Um, would recommend. Um, and there's one point in the show where, um, like, one of the moms references um, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and the teen girl daughter character, whatever, um, doesn't know who they are and has to be explained who they are by like referencing Elizabeth Olsen. Um, 
and like the Marvel universe. Is this true? Like, does Gen Z not know who the Olsen twins are? Um, that's it. Uh, crunch, crunch. You watch the show, I haven't. Have you heard this clip yet, though? No. Okay, play it. <laughs> it's just an old trick I learned from Madonna. Or was it the Olsen twins? Who are they? They're moguls. They're fashion icons. They own the early 2000s. They're sisters with the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> How does it make you feel? You know, it doesn't fuck with me the way that, like, maybe I would expect something like this to fuck with me because the Olsen twins are kind of famously low-key. So it, it really doesn't surprise me that Gen Z doesn't know who the Olsen twins are because, like, the Olsen twins aren't really around. And the only reason you would pay attention to them is if you're really looking for them. That's how I feel, too. It's funny because this moment is meant to be like LMAO at 30-something women watching this, which, by the way, I think it's a show for teens, but mm, it's also not. You know what I mean? It's also for fans of Dawson's yeah. Creek. You seem like, <laughs> like I, you were very I adamant it. about it. Not like you're like, it's a show for adults. It's a show for me. It's a show for us. <laughs> this is not a show for kids. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like it's almost like, you know, a lot of YA is actually read by not teenagers. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I just think it's kind of in that realm of like we can appeal across like we can appeal like teens and their moms. You know, like it doesn't have to be this yeah. like just because it's a show about teens doesn't mean it's for teens. I think we've proven that like in the kind of Netflix of it all, you know, that that's the case. But with this, I think this is supposed to be like a kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge at a millennial parent being like, Ugh, but it has truth in it, which I love about it, where it's like. She chose the right kind of celebrity to imply that kids don't know. And I think it's accurate because you're right. The Olsen twins are so not around Mm -hmm. and their media is not relevant. Like Full House did not have maybe Fuller House had a little bit of a revival, but but they are not part of that. Right. And like none of the material that they were involved in has really come back. And why would it? Right. Why the fuck would teens be watching Billboard Dad? in 2022 (laughs) if i had kids and they were watching billboard dad i'd be like where the fuck did you find this (laughs) they quit making movies so early like none of them neither of them made like a real adult movie actually yeah because new york minute was a flop and they were like wait we can make more money doing what we actually like which is designing clothes exactly so they quit before any like 13 going on 30-esque type movie were, was made with either of them. Like, they didn't even really, like, split up and try try to go it alone. And to be fair, they were mostly, like, nostalgic tabloid figures for us. If we think about, like, what what do we remember the Olsen twins for and why do we love them? Well, they were, like, kind of style icons. And, like, mm-hmm. we were obsessed with, like, growing up alongside them and kind of how they became these, like, chic girlies. Yeah, we liked, right? we liked watching them kind of reject the fame that had been built for them, built around them. And they hung out with our favorite tabloid monsters. So, like, we had to kind of, you know, enjoy that. Had to. Had to. They got famous famous so young that it was just, like, it was fun to watch them grow up in a different way from other child stars where it's, like, there's nothing really that dark about what's going on with them, but they're doing it differently, and that's kind of cool. Right. But now you have to, like, crane your neck and look out to even get a glimpse of what they're up to. Like, I saw a photo of, like, Ashley or Mary-Kate, like, going into the Balenciaga show. And it's like, that's all we get With is, like, AirPods photos of and, them. Right. She, <laughs> right. she was perfect. She's per- It's like we only get photos of them smoking outside of their office in Soho or wherever it yeah. is or going in between a car and a building. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thinking of other like early 2000s touch points in pop culture. Like I'm going to music where it's like if I had teen, if I had kids, I would be like, oh yeah, I'll play you some Backstreet Boys or something. 
Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I hope you like this. I think you might actually enjoy this. But like, I would never pressure my kids to figure out Ashley Olsen and Mary Kate Olsen because I'd be like, they aren't really for you. They're not timeless. Well, I just would be like, then what? If you cared about them, then what? We'd have to watch like these weird, shitty old Olsen twin stuff. I just I follow <laughs> Olsen Oracle on Instagram mm-hmm. and I just feel like she really, you know, she has to work so hard to get the new material, right? Like she's always posting about like Mary Kate on a horse. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God. You know, is this what we've come to? Yeah. Like Ashley's dating a guy who owns an art gallery. You know, like it's like it's just so like they're so Mary Kate's just on her horse in front of the Eiffel Tower. Like, good for you, I guess. She she competes in like dressage or whatever. Or she jumps. Sorry. She's she jumps. She jumps. She jumps. MK. Mary Kate jumps. This is me every time I see a photo of Mary Kate and or Ashley. I think it would be quite something to know you in private life. <laughs> every time I see a photo of them, it would. Wouldn't it be quite something? It would be quite something. I take up smoking in two seconds. Are you kidding me? I'd have lung cancer by like August <laughs> if I met oh the Olsen God, twins. You're right. They're, they really are a most icon. They, these two never stop smoking, which is, you know, you have to you have to really hand it to them for that. Yeah. Even though smoking sucks and is bad. They really stuck through all of the, you know, anti-smoking and very true propaganda. They're the only ones that can smoke. I do believe that, you know, they're like, don't worry about us. We're fine. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby and Timmy. Long time, long time. I have a question for which score piece is more of a them. The psycho shower music or the Jaws theme? Crunch, crunch. We're not talking about the themes, which is what I find so interesting. You have like basically each of these is like either one or two notes. It's like We're thinking about That's Jaws. And then the psycho noise is Okay, 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 okay. These aren't scores. No, because like the psycho theme is like like that's separate. Like no, that's absolutely like we're not talking about that. We're talking about sing the Jaws theme. No, Jaws is just okay. Like, but we're just talking about the yeah. You know what's the crazy thing about scores is like you can't sing them. Yeah, and if you do, you sound like a lunatic. Yeah. But like it's so, you know, I just feel like it's so nice to know scores in your head, yeah. like to know them by heart in a way, but you can never express that. Yeah. Or else you're shunned by culture because like, nobody <laughs> wants to hear you singing a score. There's you know? no equivalent of uh, there's no equivalent of you going like the cup of life. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? like, like what's you your favorite that. score? Like could you even sing it, you know? Could you? No, I couldn't. No, not at all. Could you try? Could I try? Like what's your favorite score? That you know in your head, like you know by heart. I I can't possibly I can't possibly do that. But like what? <laughs> just trying to like what would it sound like to try and sing your favorite score? I, it would sound really bad, basically, and I can't even I can't even begin. No, I want you to do it. <laughs> no, this is awful. I'm, I'm sorry, not gonna I'm do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. But my favorite score is Mijo Black. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Okay, well. Yeah, but sing it, though. Prove it. I'm not going to sing it, but I'll play Prove it. Prove it, though. Prove it. No, I don't want to hear it. Prove it. I want to hear you sing it. I, I can sing my second favorite. Well, one of my favorite scores, because it just goes. Okay. I'm sorry. What score is that? It's the Ennio Morricone score for Two Mules for Sister Sarah, which uses a mule motif in it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Oh, my God.
Which one's Demier? Is eh, eh, or dunna, dunna. I would argue that by a hair. I mean, we're talking, mm. we're talking like these are small points here. Yeah. I would argue that Jaws is more iconic. I was I wanted you to go first because I couldn't decide. And now that you've said Jaws, I think that that's right. I think it is just because it's it's you hear it more in culture, if anything, because it's not as it's more pleasant to hear than the e e e. And also, one is the is the before math, and one is the during math of mm-hmm. like a murder, essentially, or, murder, or just like violence or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. one. And I feel like you hear where he, we hear more the warning. Jaws is coming, or a Jaws equivalent is coming. Right. Do you know what I mean? No, I think that's I think that's true, and I also think that e e e is just because it's one <laughs> note. Jaws actually yeah. is more identifiable because it's two notes. And that's a mm-hmm. and that's a mm-hmm. real a music. But... There's a musicality to Jaws that I think, while Psycho is that's important. It's more of a to sound effect. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a sound effect. Yes, Jaws is more of a musical. It's more music. It's yeah. more music. I'm trying to think of like yeah. other scores like pieces like like pop culture instrumentation that's like score that's as iconic as that and the one the only thing that i'm thinking that i can think of that's similar in terms of like just a few repeating notes is the twilight zone like i think that's like maybe what else is there totally well in a way that's also a theme song so it's also kind of in a different category because then you could be like oh is it the theme song to like do 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 like jeopardy yeah, like jeopardy. Is that part of that too but, but that's like longer. that's also not right and that's not even really you're thinking like, about like talking... famous stingers almost it's like stingers yeah they almost are like in their own category you know yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah you're right jaws i think jaws wins out because you think of other things like et and and like other famous like john williams scores they're still like more melodic can you sing any? Uh, yeah, of course I can. I'm not going to do it. That's humiliating. But yeah. Okay, I'm trying to get you to sing a score. <laughs> there. What? It's great. That's a good one. That's a good one. But that's what I'm. I'm just trying to make like kind of a stoned point that is crazy that like <laughs> scoreheads can't sing their favorite scores, and I just feel like it's rude. It's yeah. like we can't. We like you know I can sing like Baby I'm a Firework, and that's normal. But you can't sing like your favorite score. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You could hum it, but you'd sound you'd sound stupid. Because like I don't sound like what do I sound like a clarinet? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, I, that was a fun one to end on. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna close us out with the uh, psycho music. I mean the uh, Jaws music. Okay. The extended version, you know. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Call in at six one nine Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for this show. Thank you to Katie and Erica of the Who's for providing our read a theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing all week. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Support us on Patreon.com/slash/Who Weekly for bonus episodes and more. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, medium time, medium time. Sorry, everybody's making me laugh. Okay. Um, I think that.
Queen Elizabeth definitely knows who the minions are because she's in one of the minions movies. They're like, it's like the bad guy's like trying to steal her crown. So I feel like she would have maybe gotten a press briefing on that. Um, or like she'd definitely be aware of it. So I just thought, uh, you guys might be interested in that. Anyway, um, <laughs> one of everything really good, French friend. Hey, the weekly. I called a little bit ago. I'm still working things out. I'm a copy editor, editor, hearing you talk through road cosmetics tagline, one of everything really good. Thinking about how to edit this weird phrase. Um, I think you have to have the comma after everything to show that you are modifying the phrase one of everything and not one of everything really good. Or you could just, you know, when you're presented with these difficult situations as a copy editor, you always have the option to recast. So like recasting the sentence entirely, I think what you really have to do is add something where the comma should be. So like one of everything done really well or or one of everything made great i think that's better is that better thank you hi who weekly long time long time i just looked up every major bottled water brand and ranked them by instagram follows this is my findings in last place aquafina at 5.5k next up ozarka regional southern spring water at 5.8k and then next up, Dasani at 15K should be noted. Everyone that follows them trashes them on the comments. Next up, Poland Springs, Regional Northeast Water at 20K. Next up, Smart Water at 73K. After that, Box Water at 109K. Then Asuncia, my personal favorite, at 149K. Then we have Evian at 150K. And then top three, Fiji, 153K. Big leap to second place is just water. At 422k, and then I couldn't believe what was number one. Boss at 474k. My question after this is, does that mean that some water brands are whose and some are thems? Because I kind of find all of these to be thems. That's just me. Crunch, crunch. Hi, weekly. Long time, long time. Um, Sorry, you can hear my cat. I'm driving through Ohio with her. Through it, not to it. Um, anyway, you were talking about red notice, and it reminded me of something that is so interesting to me, but won't be interesting to anybody else, which is that my friend slash former roommate was dating the worst man on earth, just like a terrible guy, but I think the sex was really good. That's why she stayed with him. Anyway, he was an extra in red notice because he's like an, an aspiring actor. Um, and she made her whole family watch the terrible Netflix movie Red Notice to see um, her butt buddy in the background as an extra. Um, but, yeah, crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Okay, you have to trust me. Go to the Wikipedia page for a school called Rockland Country Day School. Scroll down to Notable Alumni. And you will lose your mind when you see who is on this list. It is absolutely wild. I don't even know if I have a question here. I just need, you don't even, please don't play this, but you guys just have to look at this. Okay, crunch, crunch. <laughs> 